you're looking for a book that blends history, biography, and memoir, well, our next segment is for you. Our guest has ridden trains in over 35 countries, so his latest journey on the Rocky Mountaineer is a perfect fit. Now, as many of you know, the Rocky Mountaineer is a rail tour company based right here in Vancouver and operates in scenic train routes in BC, Alberta, uh, Colorado, and Utah. Rick Antonson's latest book, Train Beyond the Mountains, takes you on a historical ride through amazing geography. Uh, from For this memoir, uh, Antonson also brings along his 10-year-old grandson, Riley, on the journey. This is Rick Antonson's eighth book and fifth travel book. He previously was the president and CEO of Tourism Vancouver. Rick, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me along. It's nice to be able to talk about this book and Rocky Mountaineer and and as the travel season is here, everyone's really got peaked interest in where to go and what to do. That's for sure, especially in a post-COVID environment. I think, and it's been a while now, but we all want to get out and do things and see people. And now you've traveled, as I said, through many countries, riding trains in many of these nations around the world. Uh, what convinced you to, to take this, this trip on the Rocky Mountaineer now? Well, my, my other books have been to places that it's difficult for other travelers to go, like Timbuktu or Papua New Guinea or to climb Mount Ararat. Rocky Mountaineer has become one of the most famous trains in the world. It's up there with the, the, the images that people have of the era of railway travel. And that it is so close makes it enjoyable and approachable by anyone who wants to get out and have that tremendous experience of being aboard a train, which most people don't get a chance to do very often now. Mm -hmm. Now, as an author, someone to say as a writer, uh, that's a solitary affair uh, in regards to, you know, writing, researching, all those kind of things, observing all those things that you do. Uh, Talk to me a little bit how, how you decided or how you came about bringing along your grandson, Riley. Well, one of the early decisions for any traveler when you've got a journey on the horizon is, do you go alone or do you go with someone else? Mm. And to be on a train of this stature, traveling through the history and the Canadian Rockies and seeing really the, the, how our country got, got welded together and, and came through the, the making of British Columbia, joining Canada, all of that, it was just too great an adventure to go alone and to have a chance to see it through Riley's eyes, one-seventh the age of mine, just seemed too good to bypass, so I invited him along. What did you learn, uh, as you say, see this trip through his eyes, listen to his thoughts? What did you learn just based on his perceptions and views? Part of it was when Riley would be out on the observation deck and you'd be traveling by remote places where you'd see a dilapidated house that at one point was somebody's ranch or their farm and he'd ask about what was it like when the pioneers built that place or you're going by treacherous waters and you'll see rafters going through and he'd ask what that's about but he was also really curious about other travelers because being on board the Rocky Mountaineer is like being with your own group of the United Nations, people from all over the world. So he was asking them why they wanted to come and see Western Canada. So that's where great stories live for me as a writer, is when people are talking like that and explaining their own motivations for travel. When you write, uh, and, and when I was reading this book, um, you what I love about it, there's a light touch in the sense that you're telling 
the immediate story of, of this trip, but you're dropping anecdotes in, tidbits of history, a sprinkle here, a sprinkle there. Talk to me a little bit about uh, when you write, uh, how you go about your research process and how you go about writing, because, you know, travel memoirs are, are can be very uh, thorough in, in the details of a certain historical moment, and then there's a lighter touch as well, which tells you the present story, but also weaves in the past as well. Right. I mean, you hit on, on two good things. You know, one of them is is that part of my responsibility to myself as a, a traveler is to meet as many people who are different than me as I can, because that's where the curiosity comes from. I already know what I think. So the journey aspect of it, being on the Rocky Mountaineer, meant that any chance I had or with Riley to talk to people who had different inspirations, different experiences, had ridden other trains around the world, all of that enchanted me and gave me good grist for the writing. But the other part is the research. And we often take for granted that you know, Western Canada is beautiful, but the history is as deep and as troubled and as complex and as frustrating for Indigenous peoples with how all of the advancement from European explorers or ocean-going uh, endeavors to try and find the Northwest Passage, all of that is how we as a province have ended up who and what we are today and we have been defined by the railway mm-hmm. um even with, with the rocky mountaineer specifically i mean there was a lot of, there were a lot of challenges like early birthing challenges uh, for the tour itself in the in in the 90s and uh, in regards to just making sure it stayed alive on the business side there were political challenges too wasn't there well the rocky mountaineer was on the brink of actually being bankrupt. And I write quite a bit about this. They were in a Mm -hmm. very challenging and difficult time in the early years. No one had made any money taking passengers through the Rocky Mountains for 42 years when they did it by train. It was very difficult, very problematic. And Via Rail had worked at it, and CN and CP. And, you know, rail travel had, had declined as a passenger service, but now it is back all over the world as a means for people to go and experience something extraordinary. Once you're on a train, your mindset changes. Paul Thoreau said that that train travel is the last word in truth serum, and that's because people feel a different camaraderie. They talk about their, their history. They talk about family problems, but they talk about where they're from and why they are here. And here is Western Canada, and it just brings it alive and gave me the opportunity to see my home province and and the neighboring province through the eyes of people from all over the world and to write about it and to share that with 10-year-old Riley who kept on asking questions and prodding and showed that he was as much sort of the investigating writer as was I, which was really, really fascinating to see. And I learned so much through that. Was there a particular uh, community in BC, Alberta that you that's your favorite in regards to stops or a location you really enjoy? Something about rail travel is that the trains were there first. So where they came in and where the cities developed, they're often at the back end or the back side of cities. So you're not always seeing the most attractive part, but you're seeing the real part. And in coming into that, in fact, when we came into the Lower Mainland area, Riley, who lives in the Lower Mainland, was quite engaged because he was seeing parts of his home area that he'd never seen from that angle because you're on the train tracks and most people never get there. But I would say that as you go through 
small communities throughout British Columbia, your eyes pop just because you're seeing how the cities developed, how the towns developed. And many of them are still small. Many of them are still struggling. But you're seeing the most real part of British Columbia. And that is both heartening and at times challenging because you're trying to understand about what made that town thrive for a few years and then become an also-ran. And it's often because the train moved on or air travel came along or the roads came along and bypassed the towns. The rail tracks still go through where they were originally set. You raise a very good point. I Even in a modern era today, you look at our forest industry, uh, you know, it's going through significant uh, structural challenges, um, but it's, it has helped, uh, uh, you know, so many families when they first come to this country or to this province to raise their families, uh, and, and it is going through significant challenges today in communities like mine where I grew up in Williams Lake and the Caribou, um, but you see so many of these ghost towns or communities that perhaps were a lot bigger before, and now they're a little different today, but uh, you really, as you say, do see the history uh, of our province, uh, that's for sure. Now, one of the things... I think it's really interesting is that you, uh, you know, are talking to me as an author, but you also had an executive position at one time as the president and CEO of Tourism Vancouver. Um, this trip that you have taken with, with your grandson uh, comes also at a time that was pre-COVID uh, and the world did shut down. Um, what, if anything, could you say to our audience today in regards to this journey and, and just the, the art of traveling and wanting to travel again, what advice would you want to give? I think one of the things that COVID taught us is that we had been taking for granted the right, the privilege, the opportunity to travel. And we should never do that again. The other thing that I think is the whole interruption of our expectations that happened around the, the, the pandemic has made us realize is that as one of the travelers tells me, a, a Japanese woman who was gracious and said this in an almost Buddhist way, and it comes out in the book, I think, in, in, in a, a matter that is somewhat profound, and we have to take this to heart. She said, the mistake we make is we think we have time. And if there's any message that comes out of train beyond the mountains, aside from the caribou that you see from a different way or the history of British Columbia mm-hmm. you see in ways that most readers have never encountered and hopefully really enjoy. I think that if there was a, a subtext message threaded throughout it, it's to make your travel dreams happen now, to not wait, to, whether you want to get on a train, whether you want to go see relatives, whether you want to get down into the United States or get to Europe or Asia or get on the Rocky Mountaineer, make your travel plans and make them happen now. Well, wonder, wonderful words to uh, end this uh, conversation, and I would heartily recommend this book uh, to our listeners. It's called uh, Train Beyond the Mountains, Journeys on the Rocky Mountaineer. Uh, the author is Rick Antonson. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.